that you're here this morning, and uh, if you're listening online, we welcome you as well. Uh, my name is Mark. Uh, for those who don't know me, I work here, and I have the privilege of just sharing uh, his word with you this morning, and I consider that truly, truly a privilege. My, my hope, though, is that you don't hear my voice, um, but that you hear his, that you hear his here, and uh, it can make, it, <laughs> it can change your life, and we're going to look at that this morning. And we spent the last couple of weeks, maybe four, four weeks, we got two more parts of this series that we're doing, which we just titled Get Straight Out of the Shallows. Because uh, as a kid, you remember jumping in the deep end of the pool? You know, the first time you go in the deep end, you, you never want to go back to the shallow end. The deep end's way cooler. Uh, and that's one of the things we kind of talked about with our faith as well. Too many Christians in North America settle for sitting in a seat on a Sunday and think that's Christianity. And really what we said, that's the shallow end. That's the, that's the bare minimum of what this thing is about because it's in the hope of sitting there that you meet him. But that by meeting him, that you take steps in, in your journey with him. And, you know, yeah, sitting in the shallows is kind of the easy part, maybe. But we said there's a, there's a danger zone on the shallows. The danger's not in the deep. The danger's in staying in the shallows. We've seen it so many times where young people just thought, oh, my Christianity is just, oh, just go to church on Sundays. And then they hit university, and they get challenged with tough questions, and they don't have any answers. You know, their relationship with God and the Bible and everything gets challenged, and, and they don't have anything deep to keep them. And we've seen so many wander away as a result. But it's meant to be more than that. And so we encourage people, go deeper in this relationship with the Lord. And we said, there's some ways you can do that. Start reading the word for yourself. Stop just listening to what somebody at the front says and say, okay, I'll take that. But dive in for yourself. And so we invited people to read John with us. And many did. Um, Many of you are actually reading Acts with us as well. And they're like texting me back. I had no idea. You know, this is just blowing my mind. And I was like, I love it. I love it. For those of you who are joining us, and keep texting me, it's great. For those who joined a small group or a Bible study or a serving team, being a part of a group of other people that ask you, hey, you know, what are you doing with what you learned last week? Man, you grow when you're in those spots because you're forced to say, what does this mean for me? And then we talked about some of the things that hinder you uh, or try to hinder you from going deeper with God. But um, actually have an, the, the opportunity to just throw you into the deep end. And one of those things we talked about was suffering. Where so many people going through experiencing suffering, difficult moments. And they look at God and they're like, God, why are you doing this to me? And they think God's hand is the one putting that on them. When he's saying, listen, it's, my hand is there, but it's reaching for you. I didn't do this to you, but will you grab onto my hand and I'll carry you through. Certain things you cannot avoid in this life. But you can choose if you're going to walk it alone or you'll walk it with me. Man, walking with him, just the deep, deep um, relationship that comes from trusting in him and his goodness no matter what. And then last week we talked about how often guilt and shame come on Jesus followers, and it's never meant to be. You know, if you're a Jesus follower and you've got guilt, oh, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, you do not understand the goodness of the gospel, that the gospel has set you free, that it's turned you into a saint. And we said last week, we used this word saint. Can you say I'm a saint? How righteous are you? Yeah, good. Some of you can. I love it. Um, Others were like, I can't because they think Catholic saints in their head. And that's not what we mean. We mean you're a righteous child of God. Like that song said, I'm not a slave to fear. I am his child. I am 100% right with him. Not because of my behavior. You could have like got up, swore at the cat on the way here this morning, and you're still 100% righteous with God. You and the cat better get it right later after church, but you know, you and, and the Lord are good. And if it was not the cat, but someone else, same thing applies. But guilt and shame, he doesn't use that. It's not his way of making you grow. We said it often makes you want to hide, and really what his desire is that we'd be seeking him. And so this morning I want to talk about uh, one, more, uh, one more area of just 
going deeper with him. Uh, I want to talk about something that Jesus promised to all of his followers. And then in uh, a little while later in the book of Acts, they actually received that promise in their lives. And we see the book of Acts is just a storyline of what that looked like. And then we see as the New Testament writers, uh, they commanded that Jesus' followers would uh, experience this. And then yet from then till now, it's just been confusing. And I think in our, in our, even in our group of Jesus followers here today, it can sometimes be confusing. And I just, I want to talk a little bit about it this morning. So I want to take a look at the guy named John. John, who was an eyewitness. He was there. He saw these things happen. He wrote about them. He tells about Jesus' final conversation with his early followers right before he went to the cross. It was the night before. They're actually walking to the garden to, uh, to, to, Um, where Jesus gets um, uh, betrayed and arrested. And on the way, he keeps mentioning this thing to them over and over. And one of them, it's written here, John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus is telling them, listen, I'm I'm leaving. But he says, but I'm going to ask the Father, and he'll give you another advocate. He's going to send another person, another someone, who will never leave you. He's like, fellas, I'm leaving, but someone's coming, and that person is never going to leave you. And you want to know who he is? He's Holy Spirit. He leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because they're not looking for him. They don't even recognize him. But he said, but you, guys who are with me, man, you're going to know him because he lives with you now. He, 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 you recognize him because it's me. And he says, but later, he's going to be in you. No more having to see, oh, where's Jesus going? I'm going to try and follow him. He's like, I'm moving in. I'm going to move in. Uh, my spirit will be living inside of you. His name is Holy Spirit. And he told them to stay in Jerusalem. Because after, see, after this night, they watched their Savior die on a cross. Their best friend. They didn't know he was their Savior yet. They hoped he would be. And then he died. And they were all like, oh, it must not have been him. And then three days later, he rises from the dead. And they're like, that's not possible. We believe whatever you say. We're following you for the rest of our lives. We got to go tell everyone. He's like, hold on. Don't go tell everyone yet because you're not doing this alone. He says, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the gift, the promise. And then, uh, you know, when you receive the promise, you'll have the power you need to go and share this. And so they did. They waited and they received this gift. But this gift isn't a thing. Sometimes I think that just in the way we, t- we use the term, the Holy Spirit, we, 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 our brains think of him as, as a thing. It's like, oh, it's this, this mysterious thing, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Um, but he's a person. That's what Jesus said. This is, this is a person. Holy Spirit's a person. So I was saying too, like I can refer to my, to, uh, my mother-in-law as the mother-in-law. Uh, I can, but I can't call her the Liz DeVries. Right? You can call me the pastor, but you can't call me the Mark Vanderweer. And I think sometimes we, we forget or don't realize that he's a person. That Holy Spirit is a person. As we read through Acts, we see more and more of this. Luke, Luke was a historian. He wrote down an accurate account of what happened with the early church. And as he kept a travel journal, he was traveling with these guys and he saw some of these things. He's like, I gotta write that down. He didn't know he was writing the Bible. Lucky for us that we actually have copies of it in a language, uh, in our language, we can read it and understand it. But we're reading his accounts. He's writing what happens. And he writes down what happened when those first disciples received this gift of, this, uh, of, of Holy Spirit. Acts chapter two, it says this, on the day of Pentecost... All the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. You just picture that, being in a room like this and all of a sudden hearing like a tornado come through. We don't picture it very often. But man, that's what it sounded like. 
And then he says, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And, and then he says, and then I, I don't really know exactly how to explain this, but it looked like flames or little tongues of fire all of a sudden on top of all these people's heads. And they're like, can you picture that? What do, you think, what do you think your response would be if you were sitting in a room, you know, you're just waiting, praying, oh, I wonder what this gift is going to be like, and all of a sudden, and like fire, 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 like, hey, put them out, put them out. Be like, man, something is happening in this place. And they realized, and they were like, whoa, this is, this is, in, this is incredible. This is, this is something. And then all of a sudden, as they wanted to speak out what was happening, they heard their own lips saying words that they did not understand or know. They were speaking languages they had never learned before. And it says, everyone present was what? They were filled with Holy Spirit and they began speaking in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. And before you get weirded out, some of you are like, oh, where's this going? I don't know if I like where this is going. I don't know what this is all about. I was just challenged by this thought. As the rest of Acts happens, they leave that room that morning Thousands, literally 3,000 people come to put their faith in Christ because of their boldness in their preaching. Then they're on their way to the temple a couple days later and they heal a guy along the way. There's people's blind eyes are open. The, the lame men are walking. Dead people are raised from the dead. And as I'm reading through Acts, I'm like, what would that look like today? Because I don't see that all that often. And then I had to ask this question. What would it look like in my life as a disciple of Jesus if I was truly full of Holy Spirit? truly filled with Holy Spirit. You ever wonder about that? What would my life look like if I was really filled with Holy Spirit? And why don't we see more of that today? I think part of it is that there's a lot of questions around it. A lot of questions come up. As we've been reading through Acts, people have been texting me the questions. Hey, this whole uh, filled with the Spirit thing, is that, like a, is that like a one-time thing? Like, do you get Holy Spirit when you become a Jesus follower? And the answer is yes. When you become a Jesus follower, Holy Spirit moves in right away. And he begins working in your life. But there's a difference between him living in you and him filling you. And so people are asking, well, is it something that you have to do like later? Uh, do you get filled with Holy Spirit after you get baptized? Is there an order? You know, do you get, you repent, you trust in Jesus, then you get baptized in water, then you get baptized with Holy Spirit. And this speaking in tongues thing, like, is that really proof that you're filled with Holy Spirit? Is it speaking in tongues thing? Or did all of that stop in the book of Acts and it's no more? You know, for some, as you read about it, you're like, uh, if I like, want to be filled with Holy Spirit and I'm going to start speaking in tongues at work, I don't think I want that. I'm a little nervous about all this stuff. And maybe you're sitting here, you're like, oh man, why did I invite a friend today? This is the weirdest sermon ever. <laughs> Good on you. Because it is that, there is that little bit of fear and trepidation around. And I think the, <laughs> uh, we, do what it, uh, we see it in other areas of life. I remember... As a, as a youth pastor, I took a, a team on a missions trip. If you want to go on mission trips, go to a place like Curacao. This is the kind of place you want to go on a missions trip, <laughs> especially now. Um, if we, yeah, so I, we went to this beach right here, um, and this, uh, this beach in um, Curacao, we went, and we had taken some of the Curacao teens with us, and uh, we went there. There was this girl named Theophila. She's named after Theo Theophilus in the Bible, and, uh, and we went there. She was 17. As we went swimming, she would only go up to her waist in the water. And so we keep telling her, come on in, come on in. It's just amazing. And she's like, no. She's like, I can't go past my waist because everyone who goes past their waist drowns. I stay in the shallow end. I'm like, I'm in the deep end and I'm not drowning yet. Look at all the other people. And we realized, she told us that she had never in her whole life ever gone past her waist into the water, into the beautiful water that she, the place where she lives. Where we were like, man, if we were there, we'd be out there every day. 
Why? Because she had this irrational fear that everyone drowns if they go into the deep end. And I think sometimes we, we have that. We think if people go, if people have a desire for more of Holy Spirit, they're going to get weird. It's going to go crazy for them. They're going to be one of these psychos, you know, those Bible thumpers. I don't want to be that. And it's not true. And what we end up doing is we just, because of our fear of the things, we just don't go deeper with the person. And I think that's a danger. I think it's a danger in our, even in our own congregation here at times, even in my own life at times. But maybe for you, you've got like legitimate reasons. I had a conversation with a, a kid who went to youth group with us um, years ago, and now he's an adult, and uh, he moved away, and he was in, a, in another church. And when he got, he got to that church, he, he was volunteering at the church, and the pastors, two of them came, and they sat with him for lunch, and they said, they said to him, hey, you know, are you filled with Holy Spirit? And he's like... I didn't really know how to answer them. I was like, I don't, I don't really know what that is. And, and so they said, well, we're going to sit here. You're going to sit here, and we're going to start praying. And we're going to pray as lunchtime. They're like, we're just going to pray until you start speaking in tongues, and we know you receive Holy Spirit. And he's like, uh, okay. So they start praying, and they're praying, and they're praying, and they're praying. And then finally, he's like, he says, Mark, to be honest, he's like, by the time it was almost dinner, he's like, I just faked it so I could go home for dinner. And they're like, yeah, you received Holy Spirit. I remember it as a kid. There would be like, people would come in and say, you got to receive Holy Spirit. And we're like, yes, I want more of Holy Spirit. And they're like, okay, practice with me here. Say banana backwards. If you say banana backwards a few times, banana, 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 you know what? That's speaking in tongues. You got it. And we're like, what? I'm like, that didn't, oh, if that didn't work for you, say the key to my Honda, who stole the key to my Subaru five times fast, and you're speaking in tongues. And we're like, for those of you who weren't raised in that, you're probably grateful that you weren't raised in that. Because afterwards, you're like, yeah, the key to my heart, the key to my heart, the key to my heart. Like, that's it? You're filled with Holy Spirit? We'll just edit that. As I was, I was worried, you know what, though? Let me just say it this way. What I describe in that is just a, it's just a counterfeit of what's genuine. And it's not a denominational or doctrinal thing. It's a people thing. It's where somebody thinks that that's what it is. If, that, if you can get the thing, you got it. And I think that's where we go amiss sometimes is we think it's all about this thing or this uh, experience when really it's about a person that he desires to fill us. And there's that deep calling on the inside saying, I want to be filled with you, Lord. I want more. I want this thing to be genuine. And yet those little things, those experiences, those things we've heard that keep us in the shallow end and yet the deep end's calling. So Luke writes about this thing, and some people are like, you know, Luke, what do you, uh, how does it actually happen? And it, Luke's like, I'm not telling you how it happens, I'm telling you how it happened. This is how it happened for them. I'm not writing a, a this is how, this is the recipe for how it happens for you. And here's what he says, though. He says that it happened for um, those people at that time, and it happened for a lot more than just the few. Acts 13, it says, and the believers, who? The believers, the Jesus followers, says they were filled with Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit. He says the bottom line is that it happened many different ways. For some, people prayed, laid their hands on them. For some, they just prayed and asked. For others, a guy went to a prison cell and said, hey, Paul, get up. You're about to be filled with Holy Spirit. And it happened. The thing is, it doesn't matter how it happened. The fact is that it happened. And it happened to all the believers. The believers were filled with Holy Spirit. And, and the idea of being filled, the word filled means filled to the brim, like this coffee cup. Like if you were to bump into that, what would come out? Coffee. Yes. Last night they were like, Holy Spirit. No, it's a coffee mug. Um, 
If you were to bump into this coffee mug, coffee's going to come out because it's filled to the brim. And the same idea is that same thought that you as a Jesus follower be so filled with Holy Spirit that when people bump into you, that's what comes out. That's what comes out. And I'm like, is that, is that what happens in our lives? And it's, it, it, he said, too, that they were filled with Holy Spirit. Didn't mean one time. It's actually that the tense of that word uh, means uh, that it's continual or repeated, a repeated action. So if we were to read it with its literal translation, it would be this, Acts 13, 52. And the believers were continually being filled to the brim with Holy Spirit. Jesus followers continually being filled to the brim with Holy Spirit. It happened different to, diff- to the same believers differently, but it happened all the time. And I wonder, does it happen all the time today? See, the New Testament writers thought that it should happen all the time for all believers. Jesus followers here today, this should happen in our life all the time. And you're like, well, maybe I don't know about all the wind and fire. Guess what? The second time they prayed, there was no wind and fire. Other times it was just said Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and he told off a guy. I'm like, that's an interesting being filled with Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's meant to affect our everyday life. Paul wrote to the letters to, to the newer churches, and he described Holy Spirit in many ways. He's like, you know what? In Romans 8, he's the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. You're not living for, by law anymore. Colossians 1.27, he says, Christ is in you. Holy Spirit in you. It's the hope of glory. And Galatians 2, he says, we live by faith, trusting, trusting in him, not living by our own strength anymore. And then he writes to the Ephesians In Ephesians 5, he says, you have Holy Spirit in you, but there's more to it than that. As a Jesus follower, you already have him, but there's more to it than that. Ephesians 5, verse 15, he says this, so be careful how you live. He's writing to Jesus followers, so if you're a Jesus follower, he's writing to you. Be careful how you live, how you do life, how you conduct your life. He says, don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. What does he say? Be intentional. No, go back one story. Be careful how you live. He's like, be intentional about how you live. Peter, another Jesus follower, wrote to believers later and said, He's be prepared all the time to give an answer for those who ask about the hope. He's like, don't wait for that moment to happen. Just be ready for those moments to happen. You ever been unprepared for something? You know, high school, you get to the school for test day and you didn't realize it was test day? And you're like, what? We have an exam today? Oh, and then you sit there and you're like, oh, the agony of the whole exam and then defeat at the end because you were unprepared. How many of you, uh, no show of hands, no nudges, but we're unprepared for marriage. You got, <laughs> let me rephrase that. No showing of hands, no nudging, no laughs. You, you, you thought, you know, like, I do. And then a few months later, you're like, what did I do? You know, I thought if I, if I, if I marry this girl, she's going to do everything and I'm going to be happy. It's going to be great. It's going to work out great. But you felt like, man, unprepared. Or parenting, first time you had a child, you're like, how tough can it be to raise a whole other human being from scratch? And by th- the teenage years, you're like, how am I un- so unprepared for this? I don't know if you've been there. I I remember one, like, and then there's the times where you are prepared. You're like, man, it just feels so much better to be in those places. A number of years ago, I went fishing. I go fishing every year with a bunch of guys, and we went fishing, and we had this plan that we were going to take some empty boats down the lake instead of the, uh, and that the full boats, uh, the the guys were going to take all our gear in some pickup trucks, and they were going to meet us a few hours down down the road. So five of us got into these empty boats, and we were going to sail down and, and meet this guy. And then I had this thought. I'm like, what if... What if they don't show up? 
And the other guy's like, they're gonna show up. And I'm like, that's it, I'm grabbing my bag. So I grabbed all my stuff. Like one bag had my clothes in it, my sleeping bag, all my food, all my fishing gear, stuck it in the boat. We hopped in the boats and we started going down the, down the lakes. We get down the lakes, we get to the meeting spots. A couple hours later, it's just about dusk and we're looking and no trucks. And we're like, man, this, is, this isn't good. What do we do? Do we go back? And then we see the trucks, lights, headlights driving around. We hear them yelling, hey, hey, we can't find them. All right, let's just go back. And, and so we're up there. And we're like, what are, what are, they're just going to leave us out here. So here we are, five fully grown men just wearing shorts and T-shirts. We're cold and wet. We can start to see our breath. We look around. There's this little cabin with a tarp outside. And we're like, wow, so five of us are going to sleep under a tarp tonight? And as we look around, I'm like, you know what? I, was, I, I knew that moment that I was prepared, I looked and I was like, man, Bob DeVries, like he, had, he should have been prepared. He is no, I might have to save his life tonight. And so I, I knew I was going to be okay. And we grabbed the uh, pliers. We broke into this little cabin. I left 20 bucks. It's all good. But I broke in there, let the guys come in. They wore all my clothes. They ate all my food and nobody died that night. Why? Because someone was prepared. <laughs> Bob is here today. Thanks to being prepared. Fishing trips, one thing, but what about real life? You know, when people come to those places and they're like, you work with them, and they're like, man, my marriage is just, I don't know what's wrong, man, but it's wrong. And you're like, uh, how about the overtime loss of the Leafs last night? Because you just don't know what to say. You know, or people come up to you and like, you know, you go to church. Like, is there more to life than just this? Like, what's, what's the purpose in life? It just feels so empty. I just, I feel like ending my life. What do you do? My, my kid, they just, man, I've been up all night because my kid just has nightmares. They see things and they, they're like, ah, it's just crazy. It's like crazy. They're, they're so, so terrified of all this stuff. What do, what do you think? Like, uh. See, so you know what? He wants us to have answers for real situations. He wants us to be prepared for real things. And you're like, well, how do I get prepared for things I don't know are going to happen? He said, the idea of being prepared is this. He says, be prepared about um, how you're going to live. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days, he says. Make the most of every opportunity. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. This is what he desires for you to do. You know, he says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days because the days are evil. Anybody look around and would say, yeah, the days are pretty evil? Like there's all kinds of craziness going on. You know, that translation, it says that the days are evil. It's full of labors, full of annoyances, full of hardships. Some of you think of events when you hear that. Some of you think of faces. Full of labors, full of annoyances, full of hardships. And as you're going through life, it's enough sometimes to make you want to drink. Just drown it all away. You know how I know that? Because Paul goes on to say this. Don't be drunk with wine. He's like, I know as you hear this, you think, oh, oh, I just want to make it go away. He's like, that won't prepare you for this. That won't actually prepare you for real life. He says, but this will. This will, he says, instead be filled with Holy Spirit. It's a command he gives to the Jesus followers. And it means just be continually filled to the brim with Holy Spirit, except he uses a different tense. He says, presently. Not that the the, the other believers had said that they were continually. He's like, to you, I'm saying presently. Be filled with Holy Spirit now. And now. And now. And now. And now. And now. And some of you sit at the back because you don't want it to feel awkward. I will return. But you get my point. And now, like right now, you filled with Holy Spirit right now? Like, well, I don't, how do you, Paul, what do you mean be filled with another person? That just seems weird to me. How, how, do, you, how do you get filled with another person? And the truth is this. He simply says, surrender to his control, obey his voice, follow his leading. 
Surrender to his control, obey his voice, follow his leading. He says it to the Galatians. He explains it a little bit better to them in Galatians 5 verse 16. He says, I say then, walk in the spirit. Same idea as being filled with Holy Spirit. Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. He's like, you can't go two ways at the same time. You're struggling with sin stuff. He's like, stop trying to fight that and just walk with me because you can't go both ways at the same time. He says, if you're walking, if you're filled with me, that stuff's not going to be a problem. The word walk is like, make your way, conduct your life, keep in step with. Keep in step with. Secret, I used to, well, still maybe, I've always wanted to be a good dancer. Uh, I don't know, ever since I watched Encino Man as a kid, and I saw this scene where they, these guys, for those old enough to watch this movie, this is the one that got me. I was like, yes, that, I just wish, you know, these guys were like, I was homeschooled, and so when I saw cool people in high school, I'm like, that is cool. I didn't realize Brandon Fraser was 30 when he was in high school in this scene, but it was like, they were like, they had the moves, and everybody's like gathered around like, whoa, yeah, that's awesome. And I thought, every time I go to a wedding, I sit on the sidelines, because I'm just like so nervous, Ruben, he can like spin the ball and toss whatever, and there's like all these cool dance moves they have and and I'm like man I just wish I wish and then the songs come out he's got the moves like Jagger and I'm like sweet and uh, but I like the moves like grandpa right just walk or step walk or step (laughs) I I just don't have it I just don't and but uh, but I wish that I did and then so we went on this cruise um with our (laughs) um (laughs) you guys look at me so weird Uh, I went on this cruise with my family and and uh, there was that line dancing. I was like, this is cool. Like, everybody looks like having so much fun. So I hop out there, and they're doing cha-cha slide and all these whatever wobble songs. And I was like, how do you, how do, you do these things? And I'm the guy who's always looking the wrong way, bumping into people. and like, how much did you have to drink? I'm like, nothing, right? And, like, and then finally, this big guy <laughs> I bumped into, like, too many times, like, listen. He's like, just watch me. And I was like, okay. So I'm watching him, and I, and I learned. And you know what? It was like the first time I line danced where I didn't run into anyone. And that was last. I don't know why people like that sport, but that was it for me. No more line dance. But I realized something. There was, a, there was a truth in there. He just simply said, you want to learn, you just got to watch. Don't try and just whatever, willy-nilly, that's not line dancing. He's like, watch me. Watch me. And I think that's the same thing. He says, keep in step with me. Holy Spirit's like, would you just watch me? Have your eyes on me. Be be intentional about what I'm doing. And he says, you'll keep, in, you'll keep in step with me. Not only will you be prepared for what life brings, there's another byproduct of it. You're going to have a fruitful life. He goes on to finish in Galatians with um, chapter 5, verse 22. He says, you know what? The fruit that the Spirit produces in your life. As you watch him, he produces fruit in your life. It's this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control and and uh, he says, there's no law against these kind of things. He, he says, you don't have to try and keep a law to do these things. So many of us, we try to do these things. We're trying to be look more patient today. It's difficult. He says, that fruitful life is for you and it's for others. You know, just go back to that list for a minute. Maybe I have that picture of it. You know, for you, there's some joy. Simply being filled with Holy Spirit brings a joy that nothing else can. Brings a peace peace in situations where you know you're like you're in the hospital or facing medical uh uh like doctor's diagnosis you're like what do i but just being filled with holy spirit the peace that passes understanding self-control in your life you know for others it's the things called love you know that they get to experience patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self-control in their lives that's what happens when people are like i want to be full of holy spirit and someone else bumps into them That's what all of a sudden comes out. What bumps into you or what comes out when people bump into you? 
as Jesus followers. Last week, if you were here, um, there was a couple that got baptized, Glenn and Michelle. And they shared, Glenn shared in his story about how just being on the street, hungry, you know, stealing from a place and getting caught. Getting caught by someone who's sitting uh, there watching the security cameras. Her name is Melissa. She's sitting there watching the cameras, and as this couple comes in, you know, to be to an awkward situation, she hears Holy Spirit's voice in her head. As they begin talking, she says, I have nowhere to live. She's like, I have a place where you could live. Without, you know, just trusting that her husband's going to go along with it. <laughs> Listening to Holy Spirit's voice saying, you know what? Why don't you come to Jarvis with me? As awkward as that may have sounded, as she thought, you know, maybe, can I even do this? Am I allowed to do this? But just listening for his voice, simply listening for his voice in that moment, not even realizing, but just being obedient to it. You see, two people's lives were changed for eternity, forever. Why? Because someone just simply was full of Holy Spirit in that moment. What about you? What about you? This morning, my desire is just to whet your appetite to think, what could it be like in my life if I was just filled with Holy Spirit more often than I am now? You're saved. You've got Holy Spirit on the inside of your Jesus follower. But what would it look like if you were full of him? What would it look like if you were full of him? Holy Spirit's calling you to a deeper connection with him. As we close this morning, my encouragement is don't get stuck in the shallows just because you're scared of some of the, the, the definitions or the experiences maybe you've seen or heard or maybe for the first time you heard it was today. You know, don't, don't, get, don't get stuck in the shallow end. Sometimes we try and figure it all out. We're like, well, what's the doctrine behind it all? Is it once? Is it twice? Is it speaking in tongues? Is it... I think sometimes we get so caught up with all the information up here that we realize it was never meant to be cerebral. It was spirit to spirit. It was meant to be relational. It was meant to be ex- experiential, not this thing of we're going to figure it all out. So how are we going to be prepared? How are you going to be prepared for what life brings you this week? Because it brings you unexpected things. You can't prepare for every single thing that's going to come your way. But what you can prepare, you can prepare to be filled with Holy Spirit no matter what you face this week. Like, well, how do you do that? I'm so glad you asked. I'll leave you with this thought. There's one three-letter word. That's it. It's so simple. A-S-K. How do, I, how do I get filled with Holy Spirit ongoing every day? Ask. Just ask. It's that idea of surrender simply by saying, God, would you fill me with you? You know how I know it? Jesus said it. Luke, Luke wrote this, Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Jesus was telling his disciples. He said to them, so I tell you, keep on asking. You'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking. You'll find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Like back in the day, I always thought this was like, you know, just pray and pray and pray. And if you pray enough, God will give it to you. Dear Lord, I want a Ferrari. Dear Lord, I want a Ferrari. Dear Lord, I want a Ferrari. Not yet. Dear Lord, I want a Ferrari. Keep on asking. Keep on because the promise is I'm going to receive. That's not what I mean. But I also thought too, you know, the idea of this keep on asking is what he's talking about. You ask, you receive, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. He says, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be open. And then he says this, here's what I'm talking about. He's like, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? No, he says. Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? He says, of course you don't. 
So he says, so if you as sinful people, as sinful fathers, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, or isn't it obvious that your heavenly father, your good, good father, would give Holy Spirit to those who ask? To those who are asking, God, I want to be filled with you now. Holy Spirit, would you fill me now? Would you, would you help me to be aware of your presence? And that's my challenge for you. Because I can't do it for you, and you, you can't actually do it for me. But as you wake up in the morning saying, oh, grateful to be alive today. Father, would you just fill me with you? I don't understand what, it's all, what, what all is involved in that. I just know that I want a deeper connection with you. As I read your word, would you fill me with your insight? Holy Spirit, as I walk through my life, would you, would you just take control? Would you lead my thoughts? I, they might sound crazy sometimes to me, but would you help me to walk those out with you? Holy Spirit, would you fill me? And if you start speaking in tongues, great. And if you don't speak in tongues at all, great. Because it isn't about the thing, it's about the person. How many lives around you, in your work, in your job, or where, maybe even listening this morning, are just so desperate to be connected to something genuine? They want God, they don't know it yet. But they don't want God of a religious building or religious rituals. They want the God of a life-saving relationship they can have with him. God that affects real life. The only reason we get there is our lives are so full of him that when they bump into us, it's what comes out. Help me surrender my will to yours. Help me to stay in step with you. Help me to see you. God, would you do that in our lives? See, he commands us to be filled, but he doesn't actually give us, we're not the ones who get to do the filling. We simply get to open the vessel. He commands us to be filled, but we don't do the filling. We just get to open the vessel. And it's simply by saying, God, I'm asking. Prayer can be whatever it is, but God, I'm, I'm asking. You know, I think it's important. Because for those of you who've been reading Acts, you just keep texting me, man, this is like amazing. This is, this is blowing my mind. This is awesome. Can't believe this is so cool. Can I tell you? I think he still wants to keep writing Acts today. He's just looking for open vessels to do it through. I think he still wants to write Acts today. I think he's looking for open vessels to do it through. Can we pray? Holy Spirit, I feel your presence in this place. I pray that that's reaching hearts all over this place this morning. God, as your body, as your people on this planet, as your followers, your disciples, meant to reach the world, we need you and they need you. Holy Spirit, would you fill us this morning with you? Whatever that looks like or whatever that's needed for today. Lord, as we go on this car rally, would you fill us with you? Who we meet today along that route, may they see you in us. Lord, in families around here, would you fill moms and dads with you? That in their families, all of a sudden, after today, life looks different because of what you're doing in and through them. Lord, at work, would you fill bosses and employees with you? So that the way they work and the way they interact with each other would just bring glory to you and a light to this world. Lord, we don't have it all figured out. We don't know it all, but we know we want you in a very real way. Father, I pray for those this morning who don't know you yet and are just their hearts are burning. As they reach out to you, God, I pray that, uh, that you would rescue them, you'd fill them with your love, that you'd forgive them of their sin, that you would lead them in life eternal with you. Man, what an adventure. I'm looking so forward to today with you. It's in your beautiful name I pray. Amen.